Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here, there's a cat over there, and the wrong one died, and the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She was Victoria on the sixth U.S. national tour of Cats just before the pandemic, so welcome, Caitlin Bond, and thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you on. I know uh, I, I do. I have some Victoria theories, and so okay. I always love to hear kind of the take there. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. um, you started the show in 2019, but what was your experience with the show prior to that? Like, how many times have you seen Cats? Did you grow up with it? So I was um, not one of the people that grew up with it. I know a lot of our cast members did um they all like you know watch the vhs until they broke it um i was not that person i saw a couple regional productions i had a couple friends that actually they both played victoria in two different regional productions so i had seen those when i was younger but i actually didn't even see the movie until i got a call back for victoria and then i was like maybe i should watch the movie (laughs) wow Yeah, I, it had just, I grew up as a ballet dancer, so I had never really been super into theater. Um, So like I had done like a couple musicals when I was younger, but it was mostly ballet. So I had just never really branched out and watched a ton of musicals or anything. Like if anything, I was watching ballet and that was it. So I just, I had never really seen the video until I got my call back. And then I watched, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. How did I never see this before? So. Yeah, I, so I, I do find Victoria always so interesting because it is usually a ballet background or mm-hmm. a, a very heavy dance background versus most of the rest is theater or tumbler or singer. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there is that kind of more musical theater, like extreme junkie growing up. Yeah. And <laughs> your was more of like dance or ballet. Mm-hmm. So you saw some regional productions. You said you had friends. Was that like later in like that wasn't young, was it? That was probably yeah, adult I was, almost. I was um probably Late like teenager yeah maybe like 13 to 15 okay. somewhere around there yes yeah, so. okay so it's still teenager yeah. still mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. At, so at that age did how much of it like did you did you recognize how sexual and over the top and some of that is at that age oh no I had no idea what was going on honestly okay. no clue and okay. I still didn't even watching the recording like being 19 years old i still didn't really understand how sexual it was until we got into the rehearsal room and it was like oh okay yeah so then you get told the story basically right okay Mm -hmm. so you've only seen a couple regional productions as a teenager and then you get a call back you're you know auditioning get a call back and you Mm -hmm. say okay now i'm gonna watch the 1998 movie (laughs) yeah still don't really kind of understand what's going on and then you get you i'm assuming you like you land the job and you get into auditions yeah i um 
my audition process was a bit different than everyone else's um, because I had done I actually wasn't even planning on auditioning for Cats I was in New York City I was living in Pittsburgh at the time and I had been in New York City for I got a call back for Phantom of the Opera and I was like oh the audition for Cats is the next day I should do that because like I knew it was a dancer show and I was like oh I would love to be Victoria because I've had friends that were that did it and I was like you know it's such like the white leot the white unitard and it's very balletic I was like I would love to do that so I did, went to the open call with, you know, like 600 other people. I somehow got a vocal callback for a couple of days later. Absolutely bombed it. Did terrible. My voice cracked like 10 times. I sang like 16 bars and she's like, is that all? I'm like, yep. And I just, I was like, well, that was it. I'm done. I'm never going to hear back from them again. And then like a month and a half later, I got an email saying I had a callback for Victoria. And then I was like, oh, this is serious. And I didn't realize it, but they had pretty much cast the entire show at that point. Like I was one of the last people that they cast. Wow. Because they had a cat's boot camp situation that was like a week long. They all called it cat's camp. So like the entire cast knew each other because they were all at this cat's camp. And pretty much everyone that was there ended up getting hired. But it was like a week long thing of learning all the choreography and learning different parts. And it was more so they kind of knew that they were going to hire everyone just like placing people and figuring out like what parts they wanted people in. And I wasn't at that. And I had no idea. I was like, how does everyone know each other? But I was one of the only people that wasn't there. Me and I think like one or two other people were not at this. So my audition was a little bit different than that. And then I had my Victoria callback. Um, and that was like three days long of just Victoria stuff and learning the entire we learned a lot of the show and a lot of the choreography. Um, so yeah, that was yeah. My so experience. as as kind of a ballet dancer, Victoria doesn't sing all that much, right? I mean, oh, just thank God no. Okay, <laughs> so I was wondering. I was curious, like how that's like. Is that like a major part of the audition? Because it feels like it's such a dancing role. And I mean, there's even r rumors that because of how little Victoria sings and dance, that she's actually deaf. Is like one of the rumors that, that is one of the rumors and apparently like, cat, like white cats are a lot of times deaf like that is really uh, okay, yeah we did we that. did research that makes on sense it. like i we've read this whole thing i think they could be i think it's more common that they're blind too i could be wrong about that but i do i we all looked that up because chrissy cartwright had said something about that and um because she doesn't sing all that much in the original original i believe syllabub and victoria were supposed to be one character but they couldn't find someone that they liked their dancing enough to and also their singing like they couldn't find like a technical ballet dancer that could also sing up in you know super high octaves so yeah. um yeah she, i mean i did sing i sang through the whole show i had a mic i sang every single ensemble song i didn't have any features actually one feature i sang i said like a snake in <laughs> That's your in big, one big of the line. McCavity reprises, I said like a snake, and that was my uh, starring moment um, in the vocal. But yeah, um, so it is more common that white cats are deaf, so that is definitely one of the theories for that. Um, but there was I, yeah, interesting. I did not know that, and I didn't. The blind, the only blind rumor is the character that plays like the, the actor that plays Gus in the nineteen ninety eight movie was blind when he did it. Oh, I didn't know and that. And so that was why if you watch the movie closely, they like walk him up. Like yeah. they carry like basically someone is holding his arm and they carry him up. Yeah. Um and he's a you know, he was a knighted, older, very famous British guy. Mm -hmm. And he was in his nineties, I think, when they did it. And so that was just kind of like a very so that's the only blind rumor I've got in the yeah. cats universe at this point. But I do I didn't realize that that came also from white cats being there with it. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So that is that is a common thing. Um, 
but yeah the singing was not um definitely not the main part of my audition process like my actually I think my callbacks were literally all dancing the first round of callbacks we did I think there were like 40 of us we did a ton of dancing then they did a cut then we did another dance and then they did another cut and then I think we sang but it was very um it was like 16 bars from the addressing of cats and that was all they had me sing um and then they did another cut and then there were I think uh four of us left and then we did like Victoria we did the whole part they brought in one of um the dance captains from Broadway and we did all of the Victoria partnering scenes and then they did another cut and then there were two of us um and we did like every single Victoria feature all the partnering we did the crazy like upside down lifts we did a ton of lifts like Kim Craven our um associate was like have you you've done this lift before right I was like yeah totally never done it before (laughs) but you never say no in the audition room it's always yes of course I've done it before um so yeah, it was, um, the singing was very, very short. Uh, at my callback, it was also, they were looking for Demeter and a swing, I believe. So they also had, mm. like they had us doing like 16 bars and then they had the Demeters like singing the entirety of Macavity. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And then I, um, a couple days later came back for a final callback. I think it was maybe like three girls for Victoria and a couple people for, for Demeter and Annie Blankenbiller was there. Uh, we had scheduled it was supposed to be like 10 to six, the audition. It was like half hour long. <laughs> we, we did the dances for Andy. We sang our songs and that was it. And it was a half hour long. And I got a call less than 24 hours later that I booked it. Wow. Okay. So it was, the singing was in there, but I think it was, especially for Victoria, it's definitely more about the dancing. It was, yeah. It was like minor. they had to make sure that I could hold a tune and that I wasn't like tone deaf totally. and that I could you know, mix well enough with the ensemble, but it was not like the main part because I don't have any features. Yeah, they have to make sure that when you're singing with the group, you're not going to throw it off, basically. That's like, that's the bar you're setting there. Yeah. So then you you land the role and this Mm -hmm. is the beginning of the tour, right? So this is right when the tour is taking off and you miss Cat's Camp. So miss Cat's Camp. (laughs) But you're going into the, you know, the whole kind of rehearsals and everything leading up to the tour. Mm -hmm. So I always love to hear what was told about your character. Like what was the story you were told about Victoria in that kind of lead up to the show? Like what what background are you given for her? So we had we had an entire day where we sat with Chrissy Cartwright, who was one of our I don't want to get her title wrong. I believe she was the assistant director, but that could be her wrong title. So, <laughs> but um, she has done, she was like Jillian Lynn's like right-hand woman. Like she yeah. knew, knows everything about cats. Like this woman is cats. Like she eats, breathes cats. Um, and she knows every possible storyline, like every little detail about every single one. So we had like, I think six hours where we sat in a circle in chairs and we talked just about the story of cats and like all the different theories of everything. Um, There was one theory, she kind of, she said like everyone has, it can be this, it can be this, it can be this. So there was one theory that Victoria was Monkey Strap and Grizabella's daughter. And that's why she's the one that touches Grizabella at the end. Um, but it was just kind of that she was like, Victoria's like the young, one of the youngest ones in things. She's one of the kittens. So she's like, Monkey Strap is very protective over her throughout the whole show. Like there's a lot of times where like I go to do something and Monk was like, absolutely not. And would like block me. And so it was a lot of people thinking that Monk is my dad. 
um, oh, sorry, hit the microphone. <laughs> um, and uh, we also all got three different words to describe our cat. Like everyone was, mine were, um, I wrote them down. <laughs> mine were innocent, romantic, and unselfconscious. So those were, that was like the story okay. I was given for Victoria. Um, so she's like, you have to really embody these three words throughout the whole show. And like Victoria's whole thing is that she's, you know, discovering herself. She's kind of discovering her body. And during the ball, you know, the as we discussed the more sexual themes of it, She's, you know, having cat sex in the middle of the Jellicle ball. So She's losing her virginity on stage. Yep, mm-hmm, sure is. <laughs> Which uh, I didn't know that's what was happening until we were in <laughs> rehearsal. And yeah, there were some I wasn't expecting so many words to be used and they were. <laughs> yeah, I, it goes back to why I asked. I always start with when you see it first, because I saw it first as an adult mm-hmm. um, and it, it still kind of was just like, oh, this is like, I'm not, I, I was like, that's a lot. Like the ball's a lot, but it didn't really piece like, oh, it's just a giant orgy. Yeah. I was like, oh, that dance is really sexual. Oh, I didn't realize that they're basically doing it on stage. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of like, it resonated me with this is uh, like, and the McCavity song is extremely sexual. Just so many of oh, them yeah. are very, very sexual. But as a kid, there's like, there were kids everywhere. And yeah. so I'm like, clearly it's going over everyone's head. Oh, yeah. And now that I've researched the show and the background of the story, it's like no these it is as sexual as it as it sounds mm-hmm. like there is a lot happening with Demeter and McCavity an abusive relationship and Victoria having you know fly, coming of age on stage yep. with one of the other cats like the ball being a nine, a, a nine minute orgy mm-hmm. in the middle of the show yep. um and her solo <laughs> is about um her you know touching herself like that is the whole thing that's like the shaking and everything like it's her discovering herself and the word i don't know if i can say this but um, you can okay we're, we're, you're uh, good. the word orgasm was used probably like six during my audition actually not even like in the room like it was used obviously in the room but that was used in my audition she's like and this is an orgasm and this is an orgasm i'm like oh gosh <laughs> like i had no idea that's what it was about and she was just explaining what was happening. I was like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> like, How, Did no you idea. go like, did you like think back to when you saw it the first time being like, oh my God, what did I watch? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was okay. like, oh, I didn't, I had, was very unaware that that's what was happening. But now that I know, now I can't unsee it. Like that's, that's all I see. <laughs> So. That that's the part that I just still blows my mind is that I, now that I've learned so much of this and I've not watched it full through in a while, but yeah. it's like I, I it's on tour now and I like want to see it again and be like, oh, okay, wow, this is as aggressive as as the story says. Yeah, um, I love that you were told that Grizz potentially was your mother because I've heard from a few other Victorias that that might not have been the way that they ever thought about that, and they've mm-hmm. always thought it was potentially Demeter. Or somebody else. It does seem yeah. pretty assumed that Monk's Trap is your dad. Yes. And there had also been, it was kind of like there were a bunch of different ways it could have gone. Because she had also said, like, Jenny Annie Dodds pretty much was the mother of, like, all of the different kittens. And that she took care of them. And it's a lot of with cats. Like, one per- one is the mother, but then just takes care of all of the kittens even in like normal, mm-hmm. like the animal. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like there was speculation. Um but yeah, I think the Grizzabella theory is definitely could be accurate and would make sense for why Victoria was the one to touch her. Um, yeah, that that's what all the like the rumor mill stuff kind of centers mm-hmm. around is you're the first one to reach out. Yeah. And and that would be potentially why. And it also could be a little bit of like the coming of age story by being abandoned by a mother mm-hmm. and then having that like first experience. So that's yeah. kind of the other reasons. 
Um, did you get told about being deaf or mute in the like? Was that brought up, or was that just a rumor mill later? I yeah, I don't, I don't think she brought it up. Maybe it wasn't. It was definitely not something we talked about when we were doing that like big, not like a roundtable, but like the big discussion. Um, I feel like she maybe had said something about it at one time, but I think it was something like we were just talking about at lunch one day and everybody was like, oh, did you know that like white cats are normally deaf? I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> That's why I think in some productions, Victoria doesn't sing at all. Like she doesn't even have a microphone. Yeah, there there definitely are a few. And I, I always just assume that was just the you didn't do the 16 bars in rehearsal and they just really <laughs> want the dancer. And so yeah. it's like just it's probably not super necessary if you've got the dancing yeah. um but yeah i didn't know if there was any like rationale behind it it seems like there's not a lot of rationale behind all of it besides <laughs> staging it does seem like there's yeah. definitely some staging that makes some sense when when you were doing your six hour like learning the story what's the other thing that surprised you most like when you were hearing the story oh there was a lot about macavity and the going back and forth between that like i think she had said that grizabella had fallen in with macavity and then she like really lost her way and like demeter and bomb had also you know been with macavity but they were able to get out but grizabella like just fell in too deep and that's why she got exiled basically which i d- i didn't know that and there was a whole like obviously the Grizabella and Monk used to be together thing. And it's just like every single cat had their own like different storyline. And it was a lot, it was a lot of information to interpret yeah. in one day. Cause you're getting like all these crazy things and like Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser, like their whole thing is that they were actually um, with McCavity too. Like they were kind of assistants, but they weren't like in it super deep and they were actually like really sweet, but they just were like, kind of told by McCavity what to do and we're thinking of like when they got older maybe they'd be like part of that so it was every different cat has their own unique storyline so I've been I I feel like I need to have the you know the the six hour session because I've been slowly piecing this together by talking to different people Mm -hmm. and I've gotten a lot of different variations and it sounds like even the six hour session though there's some consistent truths, but then there's some stuff that differs from oh, absolutely. country to country, cast to cast, and everything in between. And that's what's kind of fascinating to me is, is something that there's a lot of Broadway where it's just story is very clear and it's played this way mm-hmm. and sung this way and there are no changes and there's nothing. And Cats leaves a lot of interpretation. Yeah. And I feel like that's why it's probably lasted so long mm-hmm. is that there's just so many different ways. You can go every night and see a slightly different version or yeah. – someone's slight take or i think even uh victoria danced like the coming of age dance was with different characters and different ones because mm-hmm. did you do it with was yours with plato yes or i did it with plato okay um i think it, there are some productions that do alonzo and then there's also another name for plato uh, that, I can't, that i can't think of there's a lot um, of renaming admetus 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 something like that yeah, yeah and it's then, it's uh, it's his name is in the name of cats like he okay um it's admetus but that is a character that was, I guess, ultimately the name was changed or the character was cut. Um, just kind of like Syllabub is also named Jemima in some productions. Like yeah, all of the cats which, have a million different names. And there's also an Electra at some point. That got I cut think Jemima got renamed intentionally. Yeah. I think Jemima got canceled. Mm-hmm. And so they, they moved to Syllabub. Yeah. Um, when you were on and going on tour, mm-hmm. Did you, were you, like, any of your friends or family that were able to come see you, was it anybody's first experience with cats? 
it was everyone's first experience with cats. <laughs> no one had seen. So how no do you how it. do you prep them? Like, what did you tell them before the show? What did you say? Hey, here's what you're gonna go see. Um, I said I'm the one in the bright white unitard, and that's all I gave up. <laughs> that's it. Just that's, come that's see it. Me. That's what I said. <laughs> My my amazing family actually they all I think eight of them like a couple of my um, my godmother and her husband and my godfather and his wife my aunt I call them my aunt and uncle but just to clarify mm-hmm. um, so my godmother and my godfather and two of my aunts and my mom and my dad all drove up to Providence to come see opening night and I think they were just so in awe of the fact that I was like w- the main dancer they're like you just turned 20 and you're doing like this Broadway they had no idea what was happening yeah (laughs) like I think they were more just in shock by the fact like I told them I was like one of the main dancers but they had no idea like they're like (laughs) I mean I wasn't but they're like you're the star of the show you're the only one we see which I mean is fair when I'm in a white unitard it's really easy you do stand out Yeah. yeah especially you stand out it was reflective you get your own time yeah Yeah. you get your own like you get a full moment really by yourself which in cats isn't really that many cats that get that that opportunity yeah like every cat has their own like little like feature but i'm the only one that has like a dance solo that it's just me on the stage like mistopheles obviously has like his whole dance thing but that's like a whole number i'm the only one that had like a moment of just like silence i'm the only one on stage like that was so that was really special and um i'm getting emotional thinking about it yeah. um so yeah it was i didn't really give them any warning i just said you know i'm the one in white it'll be easy to pick me out and they were all just like in shock that this was my this is my first professional dance job that i ever had like this is my first job um so they were in shock that this was what i was doing and most of them had never seen me dance like this. They had seen, you know, a couple like ballet shows, but they had never seen me do anything like this. And they were all like, oh my God. So yeah, it was That's... less so about the story for them and more about the, oh my God, my niece is the star of this show yeah. <laughs> in their heads. So yeah, I mean, that's a really cool experience. I do yeah. think like, I find it fascinating because I was not given any prep for what I was going to see. And I now kind of always think about what would I tell somebody going to watch it for the yeah. first time but it's different for you it's like yeah just come see me here's mm-hmm. here's my part yeah. forget the rest <laughs> forget the other you know uh, yeah. whatever hours but I'm here and you do like since you're on stage a lot because you know the, a lot of the cats kind of dance through a lot of stuff you are very easy to pick out because yeah. of the white mm-hmm. yep. I do want to talk a little bit about um, you were in the, the group that was on tour when the pandemic kind of just abruptly stopped it. And yeah. so I've talked to a few <laughs> other cast members and I think what I found really interesting is just, I knew you were actually, I was very likely going to come see you in April. Like it was oh. on tour in where I'm Sorry. from, Indiana <laughs> and, and it was on its way, mm-hmm. but it, it just like, I don't even think you knew when you started the performance at night that that was going to be the last one. And so I'm really just curious, like, when did you get that news? Like, how did that whole thing, like such an abrupt ending um, happen? So we had had a break, like a five minute break, and we all opened our phones and found out that Broadway closed. Mm. So we were literally sitting in the rehearsal being like, oh my gosh, Broadway, it's Broadway shut down (laughs) like it is yeah um and we were asking our PSM we're like are we done like are we closed like is this rehearsal gonna be it like is this the last time we're ever gonna be on stage he's like we're not we're not closed like don't worry we're we're still doing the show and like every like 20 minutes we're like are we still good we're we're still open we're still planning on doing this tonight because 
every other show had closed down. Every I believe there may have been one other tour, but every every show was done. We were, I think, the only there may have I, there may have been one other tour that was still going on, but I think we were the only show that performed that night. So we we didn't know it would be like our last last show. But we were like getting emails all day and everything was constantly changing. We had like gotten an email saying, oh, you're going to go to South Carolina and you're going to sit there for two weeks while this all cools down. And then we're going to start up again. And then it was like, we're skipping Montreal because we can't be in Canada right now. And we just like had gotten like rapid fire, like 15 different emails saying like, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Um, So nobody really knew what was going on at that point. Um, We so we just got ready and went on stage and did our show and I remember it was like in the middle of ball there's a part where like after the whole like main part of ball like uh Copeland and like everything the whole like main part of ball happened and we were going into another section and there's like everyone has little moments that they have on stage and I was crawling to the back and I like had my little moment with people and I like look and like our entire crew I'm gonna get emotional thinking about it but like our whole crew and our stage managers and like everyone and our company managers were all like standing in the wing watching and they had never like you every once in a while someone would like come and watch but it was like our whole crew were like standing yeah. in the wings and i remember seeing that and being like oh this is this is the end like we're done like this is our last show yeah. and we kind of like all at that same time like we all kind of had a moment where we looked around and noticed that like the local crew and like our crew and our stage managers and company managers and like everyone was standing in the wings watching and we're like oh like this this could very well be our last show and like we were kind of you know before the show joking about it being like oh well one last time we got to do it we got to have a good show because this is going to be our last one like trying to make light of the situation being like we're going to be back in two weeks obviously like there is no way this is going to be our last show but like let's make it good just in case but like and we were really joking about it because we're like that was our way of dealing because we're like no it's not gonna be our last show but kind of seeing that during the ball we all were like oh this is this is the end like this is yeah and i remember our um our wardrobe supervisor, uh, Mikey, who I absolutely adore. He used to watch it every night. So like, it was not unusual that he was there. He always stood in the stage, right? Like back wing and always watched. And I used to like, like make eyes with him, like off stage and like joke around with him. And like, I had a part where I had to kick and I used to try to like kick my hand with my foot to like, (laughs) we just had like little things that I did like off stage. And he was sitting there like kneeling and like crying and like everyone else was sitting back there watching and I was just like, oh man, this is, this is the end. So that was, um, it was a tough one. After the ball, I think we all just kind of like went off stage and just kind of cried. <laughs> um, like I, I, I used to like crawl off stage and then go like put my legs on the wall because my legs were so exhausted after doing ball. Yeah. Um, and I did that and then I sat up and I was like, that's the last time I'm ever going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be a, a lot to take in, um, yeah. especially with, again, which being so abrupt yeah. um, and not really knowing in the uncertainty, because I was um, I was in Indiana, which is where I'm from, and I went to a basketball game. And then there was the same thing. There was a the basketball, like March Madness mm-hmm. tournaments were starting and yeah. they played one game and we're all like, hmm, are they going to keep playing? And it was like one game got to about halftime and they realized they probably shouldn't keep doing it. Yeah, it was the same kind of thing where it was just like, this is. We're not sure, but all of a sudden it just very abruptly stopped. Yeah. Um, and and just knowing that that was the end and then 
y'all are, are now on two different things because it's like it didn't mm-hmm. come back. Like there wasn't that two week later and come back. It was no. the end. So yeah, hopefully was- there's another opportunity for you, though, if you hopefully. want to ever <laughs> uh, be Victoria again, because it's still, you know, it's would, it's a I show that's that. never going to uh, to end. It sounds it seems like nope. cats never dies. <laughs> we'll be back after this short break. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Let's uh, change gears to a couple rapid fires, and then we're going right. to talk about the million-dollar question. Okay. Um, okay, so if you were not Victoria and you could play one other cat in the show, doesn't matter Like if you could sing it, do it, dance it, male, female, mm-hmm. anything, just who would you want to do for one night? Mistopheles. Mistopheles. Mm-hmm. Different dance Immediate number? answer. Okay. Sorry, what? It's a different dance number? Yeah, I would – I really – I – I mean, our Misto and I, we used to like mess around and we would, if we ever had like a rehearsal studio, we would do like the turns together and like mess because he was a lefty and I was a righty. So we used to do them like opposite. And there was, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I saw on Instagram that one night on Broadway, the Misto had like hurt himself and couldn't do the turns. So Victoria jumped in and did the turns. And this was like a bootleg that someone posted on Instagram and our Misto sent it to me. I'm like, Man, if you're ever hurt, I got you. Yeah. Like I can jump in. I know it. Like I, every time at our sound check, whenever we did Misto, like I would do like the dance. Like we would all do it because it's just so fun. So I would love to do Misto. I would love to have that dance number, the super high end. I mean, it's completely opposite from my entire character because everything I did was very slow and lyrical, and like everything I did was like on a like a flute (laughs) and some piano and everything Misto did was on drums and we used to I used to say this all the time because you could tell um like what was original choreography versus what was Andy Blankenbuehler Mm -hmm. choreography because everything that Jillian Lynn did was on like the piano or a flute or like anything and everything Andy like the newer stuff that Andy did everything was on like a drum beat like a sharp like more not aggressive but like more of a sharp movement and then Jillian was more of like a flowy so you could go into like a really pretty like arabesque or whatever and then like snap it out to add like the Andy flair to it interesting that was yeah okay so I feel like almost the entire Misto number was completely brand new like he revamped it completely obviously there were the iconic turns in Misto that will never change but the entire Misto number was really Andy's like um I feel like that was his like favorite number to do because it was very like everything was on a drum beat. Everything was sharp and precise and like very like hip hoppy and just like very Andy Blankenbuehler style. And like everything that Victoria does was like I think most of my choreography was original Jillian Lynn, like lyrical, 
um, slower, mm -hmm. like longer extended movements. So it would be so fun to do like the complete opposite of that and do like full Andy Blankenbuehler choreography. Yeah. Cause I feel like that number was one of the only ones that was nothing Jillian Lynn. It was just like all Andy. Interesting. I, that, so I'm not, knowledgeable enough about any of this stuff to have noticed <laughs> that or to really even be able to tell you the difference between the two mm -hmm. seeing having seen the the original or the 1998 mm -hmm. and then saw broadway twice um yeah but yeah i would have never picked that up but that's really interesting to hear and i love the like yeah. you're ready for you know you're not rooting for injury but it's like hey if there is an injury <laughs> no, i'm ready yeah. I'm, I'm like in. if it happens we, <laughs> we had a plan we had a plan because he would normally go to this side. And I was like, you go to this side and you call me up and I'll do yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like the choreography, it was a very, the entire show was a very cool mixture of like a Jillian step and Andy step, a Jillian step and Andy step. Like it was still like had the original, like the iconic original choreography that was like needed to make it cats, but still like everything had a newer modern flair that like Andy did. And it was just like, it was really cool to realize. And I think that we actually had the drummer in rehearsals with us. And I think that was the reason because mm -hmm. all of the newer stuff was meant to be on like a drum beat rather than on the piano. So we had a rehearsal pianist and we also had a drummer, which I feel like is not super common for like shows. I feel like it's usually just like a rehearsal pianist and that's what it is. But when we were learning the show, we had a drummer too. And that's how Very we interesting. learned it. Very yeah. interesting. I So it's a really cool mixture of the yeah. two. Um, who would you say are your favorite and least favorite cat characters not not actors characters oh oh god yeah. don't, not the actors yeah that's why that's why i have to um, always clarify that question <laughs> okay so my favorite obviously victoria um i really loved i love gus gus okay I, gus gus is my favorite we'll get to him later because he's obviously gonna be my choice but uh, say, uh, non Grisabella, i'm like anytime someone says that that gus is their favorite i'm like okay this is gonna lend well for one of my last for my last question yeah yep yeah. um i really love mccavity i know he's like the bad one but man was like the mccavity fight with monkey strap was one of that was also like full Andy because that was not um, that was like a newer thing that was added. Um, like it was a completely different fight than the mm -hmm. original. Um, that was one of the coolest parts of the show for me because like the lighting, like it was like Dum! and it was like bright red. Oh, my God. It was so cool. Like watching that in rehearsal the first time, like they're literally like climbing up set pieces and like throwing each other across the stage. Like I just think McCavity is kind of a badass. Yeah. So like, of course, everyone's always loves the bad boys, but I'm like. It, and it was, you know, my partner, of course, too, because it was Plato turns into yeah. cavity. Um, and that has no significance. Yeah. It's just like they make Plato not an obsolete character, but they make him like so that you don't notice it when he like kind of. Yeah, disappears. there's a handful. Of like those. he has his feature. Yeah, like he has his features, but it was also like his little minions. They make them two ensemble members so that they can just kind of like slip out and then come back. Yeah. Um, without being like too noticeable like obviously if you th take the girl in the bright white leotard yeah. off stage yeah. and put her in something else you're probably gonna notice like, yeah there's a couple um, you can but then there's also like i think yeah. gus is also bus for jones and um yeah. so there's a gus couple bus for also um oh, it's peter first character's name P i know peter but i feel like it was a peter something oh i don't know if there's a full name it. it's just marked as peter in the Maybe like it's Peter. It, I could. I could be wrong. That's my. Oh no, I'm think. I'm thinking Tugger because Tugger was also Bill Bailey. Yes, yes. Tugger's Bill that's Bailey. That's the two. Um, yeah, you're right. It's just Peter. Yeah, that's because um, so that's my least favorite cat. Peter Buster. Peter. Yes, oh. I, I dislike Peter. 
I just think you got all these amazing names and you got Peter and it really bugs Peter. me that they just chose Peter. I like Bill Bailey. I wish that was um, like one of the characters because we say it. Mm-hmm. In they the say you cats. say Peter too, mm-hmm. yep. which is why they yeah, renamed I mean, it. Could you imagine having a cat named Peter? That's so. that's the thing. Although I do find I have a few friends that have like very traditional like, like human, human names, names for their, but all for dogs. I love that. And it's usually I love. That. I do. It's kind of entertaining. But it's like come here, Stanley. <laughs> I have a friend that has a dog, a golden retriever named Mark. I love golden retrievers. And so yeah, favorite. I grew up with golden dog. retrievers, and I did too. Um, having one named Mark just every time I they post it on I social media, I, I laugh. Mark, <laughs> I feel like there's some human names that work for animals, and then some that it's like, yeah, that's yeah. that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's Peter. That's Peter for me. I I I love that. Uh, yeah, Peter. They they could have been more creative, but again, they wanted it so that it's not a super noticeable cat, so that he can slip out and become someone else. Yeah, I I get it. Like because Grizabella's in the opening baby number Grizz. too. Baby Grizz. I would have. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't have a fancy name. I would not have Grizz. known that Peter existed by name yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that it's in all the rumor mill stuff. Like it's it pops up in the, like the cat's Wikipedia when I was researching. Yeah. And so for me, it was just like they could have named him anything. They could have called it Cat Five, and I would have been fine. Cat you know, like just dancer number two. It's in the program too. I, I know. It's but... like Peter slash, and I'm like, I feel like Peter was not a necessary thing. To exactly. Put he's in the opening number for like 30 seconds. He sings one line and he's in the opening number for like, and, you know, and the that five person minutes does that he's two it. more like legitimate bigger characters. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't need but Peter's, that. Listed, Peter's first. listed in there. And everyone's like, who's Peter? Yeah. And then it's like Bill Bailey. He's like, who's Bill Bailey? Exactly. That's why Peter's my least favorite. But I'm not letting you off the hook. Who's your least favorite cat? know if i have a least favorite i'm trying to think i i have my list of all the cats here hold on let me let me go through them you know who else i love hold on i have a lot of favorite cats i also love the twins Corcopat and tantamile twins are wild they are so cool and i was also like we had like four different iterations of twins i feel like we had a lot of turnover because um our original girl ended up actually booking the west side story movie um so then one of our swings took over tantamile who was also my cover um, and then she left and then another girl took over to mile and then our original Coracopat took over Mistopheles and then we had a new Coracopat come in. So we had like a lot of iterations of twins. And I feel like I was just like really good friends with all of them. Like some of my favorite people were like the twins. Like I'm still uh, Laura and Melody are like two of my best friends. Like I adore them. They were both our um, later Tantamiles. So like I literally just saw Melody last night. So like it was um, I feel like it was special because I just had so many moments with both of them and I just like I they do so many cool things when you watch them like they do they they have so much depth but like again they're like their costumes are kind of like not super like bold like they're kind of just they blend in but if you really watch them they do like the coolest things and I also just like had so many fun moments on stage like playing with them because we were always doing like like if you watch every dance I think in especially Tugger I'm literally opposite of tantamile in every single thing like we are doing the exact same choreography on opposite sides of the stage almost for i think for like four different numbers we're opposite completely like the entire the time twins as a casual spectator i just don't think most people mm-hmm. pick up like it, it and then you learn about them yeah. and i've talked to melody and a couple of the other um twins over time it's like yeah i want to watch and i listened I to laura's the other day too the twins because like yeah. they like turn before somebody comes on stage and they do like there's a lot of staging and like mm-hmm. unique things them being like telepathic 
that I think is so clever and cool. Yeah. That almost gets like, I think it was Laura who said that, like, if you, you know, if you don't know them, you, you know, you might not notice it, but if you do and you watch it, you're really in for a treat and you just get this like mm-hmm. really special experience. So I, I'm with you yeah. on those. I, I've, they're one of the ones that I still like the next yeah. time I watch the show, like fully through, it's like what I want to try to pick up. It's like, I do want to see what are they doing? Cause that's a part that I yeah. totally missed the first time I saw it. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure I could be wrong. I think a lot of the stuff they do was like newer, like Andy choreography. Like I think a lot of it was added cause Andy really likes like the, smaller movements and there are just things like they even like the way that they move their head is very like small but noticeable um because Mm -hmm. it's andy and that's like what he's known for and i like like, some of that i believe was in the original but i think they just did so much more like they just have so much more depth in this production um and yeah if you watch them they do so many i mean there were like i was watching like our reference video and i was like there's stuff that i didn't even know that they did and i'm on stage with them and like i they're always the first ones like in the second act they're the first ones to come out they're um during the ball they're the first ones to wake up they like they start like they said to always feel yeah. like your ears are moving even though we could yeah. have our ears oh, that would have been really cool if we could have wigs where our ears could move but they were always the first ones to like notice things and like notice when something was wrong like even before um like a s- couple of the macavity scares you can kind of see them starting to like notice that something's wrong before the music changes before there's a crash before anything so they're really cool i really liked their part i, I there's not i don't know I, i'm trying to figure out if i have any that aren't my favorite okay I, i'll i'll give you you've, you've gone through enough of the positives that i think we'll 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 go off let's let's switch okay. to your favorite song in the show okay i have two so tugger and skimble shanks skimble shanks i loved because i I added so much to Skimbleshanks and just like I added a lot of like cat like things like he did something where he'd be like a speck of dust and I'd be like I would like spaz and like I did so much like cat like stuff in it and we weren't told to do yeah. that I you just will, did it and no one ever told me not sure. to so I just like yeah and that was I think that's why I liked that number so much was because it wasn't really yeah. choreographed they're like just be cats and like in the entire beginning I would like I did a thing where I would follow Skimbleshanks like he was walking and I would like follow him on my knees and like do exactly what he was doing but like smaller and like on the floor and like kind of making fun of him and like no one ever told me not to do it so I was like this is great like I used to just we had so much fun with that number and then like as it went on and like new cast came like everyone found something fun that they could do and like that was just it was just such a fun number like it wasn't it was the highest number to sing like that everyone sings the same line and it is so high so like thank god there's not a ton of crazy dancing in it because it's like like trying to belt those notes out while you're like Mm -hmm. running around doing leaps across the stage would not be easy so thank god it was like it was just more of a fun like a theatery kind of number so i always had fun with skimbleshanks because it was like where i could just really that was your cat moment your true cat moment (laughs) so my my kitten moment even because i was like this is where victoria's like youthful side came out because we just you know saw her have cat sex in the jellicle ball and now she gets to like play around with a speck of imaginary dust and make fun of all the the the, older the fun youth moment versus the the the, what we talked about earlier um and then tugger uh just yeah great song I love Tugger. That was another one that was um, like mm-hmm. very, very different from the original. Like uh, that was one of the other numbers that I feel like had the most um, Andy stuff in it. Um, and it was just such a fun number. Like there was 
Like I did so many lifts. I mean, you probably don't even notice it half the time because you're watching Tugger because, you know, he literally steals the spotlight as he's supposed to. But I did probably like, like seven or eight lifts in that um, thing. And I also like slide between people's legs and we're like jump splits. And like, it was just such a fun number, like super high energy, like very sassy. Like, I feel like that was the one time that I got to be like, yeah, like actually like rocketed out because every other scene like Victoria has to be very like Mm -hmm. graceful and elegant and poised and Tugger because we were all kind of like under not like a McCavity under his influence but we were all kind of like oh my gosh we love him like please pick me like it was so that was like the one time that I got to be like a little sassy and like a little like sexier and like kind of have that that's fun vibe so I I really liked that number and there was like (laughs) there was also like I feel like it was the number that stuff would go wrong in the most often (laughs) So it was always like, I think one of our guys, I don't know if it was an understudy that was on, I'm not sure, but like one of his uh, like boot things broke off. And so I had to do like a jump straddle and I like grabbed it, did a head roll and then like <laughs> chucked it off stage. And it was just like, and, and all of the guys behind me were like, that was like, that was so smooth. Like there was just like, there was always something that happened in that number that we had to like work out. So I feel like there was just always something that's, that's to keep fun. it like entertaining. And McGee always made different choices, like, um, and our understudies made different choices too. So, like, it's just, it's kind of the same with Gus. Like, he, yeah, he did it differently what, every night. So, yeah, it seems like Tucker. It's that's just like always fresh encouraged. and exciting. Like that number is really supposed to be that way. Yeah. 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 You never knew what he was gonna do. <laughs> he was kind of yeah. Like, obviously, he kept the things that he needed to consistent. But like when he went out into the audience, like there was uh, exactly. It was you never knew. You never knew. Because one time he like dumped an entire bag of popcorn on himself. Like it was just always there was always something entertaining. It. So it's just it kept it fresh. I love it. So that was I, I loved I loved Duggar. It was always so now is the million dollar question. So. <laughs> and I'm excited because you've already teased that you're gonna gonna go right. uh away from this. But I, yeah, I mean so I it sounds like we're gonna go team Gus answer. here, but I would love to hear a little bit about your rationale of why Team Gus over Grizabella. Which I feel a little bad about because I feel like I'm the one that should be like, yeah, Grizabella, yeah. because I touch her. But like, she's not that old. She has plenty of time to go to the heavy side layer. She like, my thought is that she just got accepted back into the tribe and she doesn't even get to enjoy that because now we're sending her up to die. Like, uh, that's I can give her a agree. year. Completely agree. That's <laughs> been my most recent as I've talked to more people about this. I'm like, if you want to accept her back, let her spend time with the family. Let exactly. her be reunited with her daughter. Go back and spend the Our year sus- and have some suspected daughter. Yeah, potentially, depending on <laughs> depending on when you see it. Yeah. Um. I okay. So and then and then you're picking Gus. What is your criteria for old Deuteronomy selections? Like how? Like obviously, I think Gus is definitely the most deserving. But what is like goes into that decision? Is it most deserving? Is it longest life? Like what do you think old Deuteronomy is choosing off of? Well, I think <clears throat> I feel like old Deuteronomy. I don't know like i don't know what his criteria is actually i guess i've never thought about that like we're Most doing like all the it. nominations and like yeah. you know i mean i i feel like it's sh- truthfully i feel like it should be the oldest cat <laughs> like i feel like you but should then that's send old the deuteronomy one... right isn't that him i feel like gus is older than old deuteronomy i don't know though that's my other thing like does old deuteronomy ever get to go to the heavy side layer i've asked that question a lot of times i, I don't um, i don't know the answer to that i really don't the reason i wonder it is because it seems very clear that monkish trap is next in line and that like he's yeah. like wants to be the next 
leader of the he's tribe. He's trying really hard. And try, yeah. And like you see it. Yeah. And it's like, well, if he's trying really hard, that means there has to be an end date for, for old dude. For old dude. Like he's either retiring or he's killing himself yeah. one time. Or like, well, how does that work? <laughs> like, and yeah, because he's the one that picks. So is one year he's just like, yeah, it's me this year. All right. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never, I th- I've thought about that. And like, what? I just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know if he ever, excuse me. I don't know if he ever like gets to go. I don't know if maybe he's magical. Like they all are like all the cats are. Yeah. Everyone has something like, I don't know if he's just like eternal. I don't know if one day he's just going to disappear. And we assume that he goes up to the heavy side layer. Also like, why does it only happen once a year? Well, cats are only allowed to die once a year. Does it explicitly say once a year? Yeah. Okay. It's like the, so I tell everyone like, if you need to know the plot of Cats, there's one moment where you get the plot. And if you miss it, you're probably not going to get it. <laughs> like, it's right after my solo. It's called Invitation to the Jellicle Ball. And um, it's like, I can't even remember the exact words because it's been so long since I did the show. But it's like, Jellicle Cats meet once a yeah. year at the Jellicle Ball where they all rejoice. And the Jellicle Leader will soon appear where he makes what's known as the Jellicle Choice. Like, that's... That's your whole plot. Basically, there's four lines, I think. That was, like, the first two. And then there's, like, two more lines, and that's the whole plot. Yeah. And if you're not paying attention and you miss that, and a lot of people weren't paying attention because people will come in late, and that was when they were allowed to come in because they didn't let them come in during my solo, thank God, because that would be super distracting, just, like, bright lights coming through. But, um, no, they would wait until after my solo, and then the invitation was when they let the late people come in. So I feel like a lot of people miss that plot all the time because there were always people coming in the audience. So yeah. Okay. It, so it is. It is annual. And is once a once year. Once a year. Okay. I and you, the thing Which is, I guess if it's more than once a year, it makes it less special. But I mean, it's then like it's an orgy. So like they only do. Yeah. They only have their orgy once a year. Of course, yeah. Twice a year is too much. Yeah. <laughs> Just can't. Yeah, we can't have yep. that. Was it nine yep. minutes? Ten minutes? What's the dance number? Twelve, 12 minutes. There you go. Twelve minutes. A twelve-minute cardio work. Oh, I should have said that. It is. No, it is. I mean, it is. It is cardio workout. Like, especially for me, I was. I didn't realize until I was swung out one time. I I was like standing backstage watching, and I was like, people go off stage during the ball. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I thought everyone was on stage the whole time, and I, like all these people would come off and like drink water and like take a couple seconds. I'm like, y'all get to go off stage? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't get to go off stage at all. I was dancing the entire 13 minutes. I had one one rest moment that Andy actually cut me out of. He came into the rehearsal, and I was so upset because he was like, yeah, you're not going to do this part. You're going to be on the ladder. I was like, okay. And I was so upset that he cut me out of it. And like, thank God he did because that was the only – I got like 15 seconds to breathe and rest, and that was it. <laughs> that was like the only time. And like myself and like Laura, and we had like talked about it. We're like – could you imagine if we had to do that part too? Like I, like there would have been no time to breathe. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it's a long, it's a cardio heavy 12 minute long nonstop number. Yeah. Okay. So it is annual once a year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your kind of argument is either oldest or just really not even most deserving. Just, I well, I think they should be deserving. Like if they're a jerk, I don't. Some cavity's know. not going. The cavity is not going. I mean, maybe he could turn himself around, but I think, I mean, all the girls would probably vote for him. Yeah. I, that's why I asked the criteria question because the criteria question really dictates who you pick. Yeah. I feel I've never, I've never thought about that. I've just always thought that like, what if Gus doesn't make it till the next year? Like what if Gus dies before the Jellicle choice? Like, does he still get to go to the heavy side lair or does he just, and not get, and get reborn? Like, 
is he just not reborn? What happens yeah, that's, if someone dies during the year? You know, that's the other um, anti-Gus argument is that he might not have another life. Like this, he might be on his last one. That is from that's so sad. I, from didn't, I never word, thought of that. From the mouth of a Gus uh who performed with us on broadway is the one who said that that was i believe personally believe that that was that person's way to accept not being selected each night but that was the rationale is that if he gets picked he might not ever have a chance to come back to the tribe but i, I don't that's so sad i never yeah, thought of i don't that. i don't know if i buy that i think that's just a way to make I mean, to make him feel better about not being picked every night yeah like, because cats are supposed to have nine lives. But I don't know in, if, in this show if they have nine lives or if they're just reborn. Like, it doesn't say they're reborn nine times and then they're done. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I, okay, so yeah. I, I, I... I just, I'm trying to, like, figure out what my criteria is. And I feel like it has to be deserving and also, like, old enough that they might not make it to the next one. Like, I feel like Jenny and Skimble, like, they'll get their day. But it's not yet. Like, they're pretty, they're younger. They're, like, the parents. But, like, Gus is, like, the grandfather. Yeah, so you're, you're looking at generations. And so your generation yeah. is Gus, Grizabella, Old Deuteronomy, and Nate. I No, I don't think Grizabella is in that oh, Okay, so she falls in the... I think, I, sh I mean, if I'm her daughter, and I'm one of the youngest ones, and she was with Monk, then she's probably the same age as the other so ones. So you've got Gus on his own layer here. And then you've got Grizabella, mm -hmm. Skimble, Jenny, Monk, McCavity, probably, right? Like, that's probably the next bunch. Yeah. Although Monk and Tugger are supposed to be the same age. So maybe Monk's younger. Yeah. I guess Tugger, too. But he's definitely not deserving. Yeah. Well, it depends on your criteria. I mean, he 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 worked on himself. But also, I forgot. I think Syllabub, there was also, oh, like, a yeah. theory that she could be Grizabella's daughter. Yeah. And that's why she there sings. Is a th that is a theory as well, for sure. And it, I mean, it's possible that both of us could be her daughters. I, I have tried. Well, which would make sense because we were supposed to be one yeah. character. I've tried to figure out the family tree and um, there's just too many dotted I think lines. we made a family tree. There's too many. I feel like we did. Okay. Well, if you ever find it, I would love to see it. I've, I'll, I, I'll have to see. I've got a few people have sent me examples. Um, some mm -hmm. fans have sent me some examples and I have attempted, but there's too many, like it could be A or B. Like there's just too many choices. And depending on how you do that, it doesn't mm -hmm. actually naturally line up to a tree. There's also like yeah. a lot of little side branches of maybe yes or no, or could mm -hmm. be mom, could be dad. So I, I think Did it's... Did you ever talk about the collar thing? Collar thing is is an interesting theory because there's what, five cats with collars? Um, no, I think most of the cats have collars. There's like only five like five or six that had them. There's only a couple that, that have owners and, I, and it's like tumble brutus plato doesn't have one and maybe alonzo doesn't have one i thought it was i know okay. i know plato and tumble brutus do not have collars and plato there was a whole thing because it's like well maybe monk's trying to protect victoria because he doesn't want her with a stray uh, the other one that's really interesting so there are a lot of these like mini rumors that go around too so the collars mm -hmm. is one there's a lot of fan fiction for tugger and mistopheles the other Oh yeah, absolutely. There's one other. I love I those. Those are my favorite. Yeah, there's some like novels, like books. Oh yeah. Out there. Oh, we've read some of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one we I, used to do that. That was our entertainment. Yeah. The one that I am still trying to figure out is on the fan Wikipedia page. There is every cat's astrology sign, and I really want to know who put that out there. Um, and I don't know. Figure that out exactly. And I don't know enough about astrology to like know whether any of these are right or wrong okay, now i gotta look do you know what victoria's is uh, i can pull it up pretty quickly because i've I'm got it up. open here let's see 
we are gonna find this. If she's a Virgo, I'll believe it because that's what I am. Oh, she's a Cancer. Cancer. Yeah. Okay. So, are you are you knowledge about this? Are you ready to have this conversation? No, not at all. <laughs> no, I I know nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing about any of it. I I don't either, and that's why when I saw that as like this is part of the show, like this is part of the the theories, <laughs> I was like, what is what is going on here? And who posted all these? Yeah. Like who came up? With I mean, these who ideas? was like, yeah, I don't know. There are some, there are some diehard cats fans out there. There's I, a lot of diehard cats fans. I have talked to a handful of them, um, and yeah. it is very fun because they know yeah. all the stuff that I don't. As someone who, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I definitely have enjoyed the show and enjoyed seeing it. I everyone assumes just because of this that I'm a super fan, and the reality is, mm-hmm. I know the plot of this really well and I don't know much else. Yeah. And so there are a lot of things where I'm like, I didn't even know about the twins when I started recording this, these shows, like I couldn't have told you a yeah. single thing about them. And then now I know a little bit about them. Um, yeah. But I have enjoyed learning about it and it's fascinating. And it is like this weird yeah. kind of almost like mini, it's like its own jellical cult in itself, like its yeah. own tribe. Oh, it's a cult. Like, Absolutely. And that's, that's fun. Cause it's given a lot of people a lot mm-hmm. of like really, um, unique things because there's almost a cat for everybody like there is a character that most people can yeah. relate to which is cool yeah and i like i always loved when people dressed up i have in full cat i i, I own I, yeah. I it's great that people do it i there's been a lot i've seen um i've we did a live recording pre-pandemic for the show and we had somebody come mm-hmm. in full in full mistopheles which was awesome i love that um i have somebody there's an etsy store that i uh that mailed me a tail uh an actual tail for the show so i've got my Aww. own tail ready to go if i ever do cats for halloween one year um but yeah it's a I, again wonderful and i love that i get to have another person argue against grizabelle with me so thank you for yeah. for bringing gus of team course. gus here um yeah gus oh, go ahead well i was just gonna say how can we my my last question is just how can we keep up with you on social media and stay in touch oh i wasn't done talking oh, about gus, more gus i had more, more gus. i had more Gus. <laughs> I was just going to say like I that was one of my favorite parts of the show every night was listening to Gus and I actually got one of my notes that I got um, like our first we were doing like previews or um, maybe just tech or something from Kim Craven was she's like I love like you're acting in Gus like you're looking like you look super invested like you're like acting really well I'm like oh that's not acting like I am super invested like I love listening to it like she was just like oh yeah the acting is great I'm like nope (laughs) no acting here like I and he like always made different choices every night. And like, we had like little moments in Gus, like he used to say, like, like he'd say something about Victoria and like, I would stand up and he'd be like, sit down. This is my moment. Like we, we just, we had all of our little things. And I just like, I mean, how can it not make you cry? You know, like he's talking about like his glory days and like he was in on the theater and ugh, just, it's just so sad, but like, it's like happy because he still kind of gets to relive that with like the peaks and the pollicles a little bit, but it's just, I like the poor guy. He's tried so many years to be the Jellicle choice and someone beats him out every year. And this year it's someone who isn't even old enough to, she finally gets accepted. And then it's like, all right, bye-bye. I love it. You're going to, we're going to push you off the spaceship is- here and, Eventually, I'm going to record enough of these that Gus is going to just, they're just going to change the show for me one time. Just one Probably. night. Honestly. One night. It doesn't even <laughs> can be a regional theater or some like little small town. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want. Like, I feel like the show could end with us accepting Grisabella. I feel like we don't need to see her go up and die. What? For sure. Or my other idea 
for the tour is mm-hmm. let a different person die each night. If you're at a state, like if you're there for four nights, five <laughs> nights, have a different ending each night. Doesn't mean that they don't come back. Like you still do the same show. Just put and a just different not tell person anyone. to go up in the heavy side layer each night. That's... I love that. It's like we accept Grizabella, and then it's like, all right, yeah, Gus, you got you're picked, up. and you're going up, and then Gus went on Tuesday, so on Wednesday somebody else goes up, and one day Dude just goes up it. there by himself. Exactly. And, yeah, and nobody tells anybody who it's going to be every night. The cast doesn't know. It's just some well, the other thing is my is. my real first idea was you just audience vote. Like let's make it like true. Interactive, like an interactive got talent interactive cats the yeah Ameri- you know american idol style like you got your buttons by your side it's like which yeah. who deserves to go tonight and then they do it and then that's the cat that gets on to go up yeah so, i have all these great ideas nobody uh listens honestly, to me i feel like that would be great nobody has taken me up on them <laughs> honestly i'd do it i think that's a great idea interactive cats the musical that's one day solid one day it's coming I mean, it is interactive. We literally went into the audience like yeah. 15 times. Oh, yeah. You start the show the scaring show. children um, with green eyes. So I, I mm-hmm. think that we can end the show with a buzzer. One time someone scared someone me. Someone scared you. When my, it was my neighbor, my, in Philadelphia, I had, I had like 300 people come see me total in Philadelphia. Like I had, I have like the world's best support system. Like I had my entire um, group of middle school teachers wow. came to see me one night. Like, like 30 of my teachers from middle school came. <laughs> like, um, They're just wonderful. And I had one night where it was like the neighbor's night. So like we live on like a cul-de-sac in New Jersey and like all everyone from the cul-de-sac came to see me and I was crawling out and I flashed my eyes and I didn't know that's where my neighbors were sitting. He's like, hi, Caitlin, scared the crap out of me. Like fully said that, and I like could not stop laughing, and it like he did it right before I flashed my eyes, and I was like, <laughs> it scared me, and I will never forget that. I loved that. It was so funny. I literally like came off stage. I came off like cracking up, and everyone's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I just got scared." That's amazing. <laughs> it was so good. That is awesome. Yeah, I never forget that. That was a great. That was a great show. I just, I also just loved philly i mean i had people in every we were there for two weeks and i had somebody in every single performance and like my parents also bought front row to tickets right they there were sitting front, yeah. front row center mm-hmm. i did all of naming of cats to them and i finished i did the jellicle ball and i finished and i had to like i do that big lift at the end and then i run and slide and finish like literally on center i was looking right at my dad and my dad was <laughs> crying because he cries every time he watches me dance and then i started crying like because <laughs> like my whole family is sitting there like crying and i'm like well of course now i'm wow. gonna cry <laughs> so that was fun that's one. awesome but yeah well this has been amazing i do um yeah how can we stay in touch on social media and how can everyone keep up with you and everything you're doing okay so my instagram and my tiktok are the same they're both caitlin bond five i post a lot of cats content on my tiktok i'm not gonna lie i did a lot more like in the beginning of the pandemic but there's still a lot of cats content on there <laughs> So I, I talk about like behind the scenes stuff and like things that happened and like the crazy experiences and all the things. Amazing. Definitely follow me on there for more. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Follow and, you know, keep, keep posting more so people can continue to hear the, you know, all the fun stuff with the show. Um, this has been amazing. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you for having me. This And thanks. I'm always going to root Gus. for Gus. Gus Team is my Gus. guy, man. Love Team it. Gus. Love it. Forever. Grizabella exactly. can get it next year. Cats too. Give her a year to be Cats back too. in the tribe. Give her a year to like 
be back with her family and then she can die but like give her a year at least not like four, yeah, five seconds exactly well thank you yeah. and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the wrong cat died the podcast breakdown the cast catastrophe to follow along you can subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or anywhere else you listen to podcasts follow us on twitter and instagram at the wrong cat died or check out our website the wrong cat Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.